Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Potential Podcast. Here we are. Uh, man, I can't believe it. This is coming in our, our third episode already in the season. It is uh, flying by and, you know, what a year it's already been, especially for film, TV, music. It's crazy, Chris. Uh, it's so happy to be here. Uh, uh, as always, I'm your host, Tito Sokol, and joined by my co-host, Chris Dewar. Welcome back to our Returning fans, and if you're a new uh, listener to the podcast, thank you for joining us. This is our third season, and we're happy to have you guys listening with us. Yeah, we always appreciate those who have uh, been continuing along the ride, and for those just joining us now, 
welcome. You can always go back and check out all our old episodes. We have tons of content out for first two seasons, and we do potential pick reviews each week of new content, new movies, new TV shows, etc. And yeah, you you definitely uh, hit the nail on the head there, Taylor. We're already back to what feels like a very full year of entertainment, and the year's just getting started. Uh, you know, we had uh, a couple of big movies already, uh, you know, the Batman and and now we're getting into April and we're going to be, you know, shortly hitting the first of the real summer blockbuster season where we're going to get a couple of Marvel movies and DC and Jurassic Park and all that. So there's always plenty to look forward to, which is great. But, uh, you know, something I think you and I both have kind of been curious to to talk about. It's kind of a topic that. I don't think a lot of people think about generally because nowadays we're so used to artists diving into multiple different genres. And I don't mean just like within music or film or TV. Oh, I thought you meant like, I thought you meant like Van Gogh decided to, you know, he wanted to do something else or, you know, Van Gogh, Van Gogh, uh, he wanted to be a rapper, but, um, he only had one year. So yeah. it was hard for him. Uh, couldn't quite get the whole wicked, wicked, wicked going, but, uh, Think about it, Taylor. Nowadays, we have so many people that they might start as one thing, a singer or an actor, and then they start making an album or they start doing this. They start, you know, delving into writing, into directing. It's something that we are kind of used to now is seeing artists not just fit one box. It's it's become more commonplace where I think before, you know, when, when you hear like a musician or an artist uh, what was going to go into acting, kind of laughed at, kind of scoffed, if you will. Uh, and now we, we see it as like, oh, I'm, I'm actually in interested to see them kind of, I think there's been a lot of pioneers in the field to kind of like, don't, uh, just let their, you know, one talent think they're a one trick pony. They've got, they've got many tricks. Well, yeah, we usually watch them on like SNL or something like, you know, oh, this guy who just had a big album out is now hosting can't act a lick. Well, sometimes it's quite the opposite. We see actually sometimes the most entertaining and fun people to watch on the screen are some of our favorite singers. So today we thought it'd be fun to do a whole topic on singers who jumped into front of the screen to do TV and film. Because this has been a big thing even since like the old days. You know, if you really think about it, this is like going back decades now and still continues today. And we're seeing even more of a boom of it today. But Taylor, we're not going to do it alone, are we? No, we're not. Uh, as with uh, many of the episodes, we'd like to get a little guest here on the podcast couch, if you will. Uh, and today's guest, I'm very excited to, I've had the pleasure of meeting him both virtually and in person. Uh, this gentleman is, he's kind of a, you know, wearer of many hats, but uh, he's a studio musician and working in LA the better part of the decade, um, considered himself, and I would agree, a musical comedian, a frequent collaborator with a lot of comedians, and one that our fans and for those out there who uh, know, a frequent collaborator, uh, with Justin Ruppel, and uh, who was a previous guest on our first inaugural season. We're very excited to have him on here, so please welcome to this episode, Cody Blake. Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Good, good. So glad you're on the podcast today. How's it going? Excellent, excellent. Thank you for having me. And this is a, this is a topic I think uh, everybody probably knows a little bit about. So like, uh, I, I'm, I hope to add a little bit more to, to maybe some other decades that are outside of my, you know, the, the years I've been alive here, but like, yeah, I think uh, everybody knows a little bit about actors who were once musicians and vice versa, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think with your, with your background, I think uh, I thought you'd be perfect to kind of have in there because you have a little bit more of a unique perspective. And then also with your background and work in comedy, I think it's also very interesting to see um, a lot of that. But 
you know, we were just talking about this before. There's such a history of this, and we could probably go on for hours. We're not going to do that. Uh, that'll be in our uh, four-part uh, four book series, audiobook. Uh, but no, no, we, we thought <laughs> just kind of an overview. But there's there's a lot of history um, with musicians and artists turned to actor. Well, it's also like we we see nowadays, especially more of sometimes it's just a cameo thing to have like, oh, they're playing themselves in a film to kind of have this moment of, oh, that's funny. It's like a pop star being themselves in the situation. Whereas really thinking of those who've stepped into full on acting and for some Oscar worthy performances, some who've actually won Oscars for roles. So yeah, kind of delving into a little bit of history. I mean, we discussed some of this when we did our Rat Pack episode. If we go back to the early years of film, I mean, two stars that come to mind right away Bing Crosby, and then Frank Sinatra, and especially all the uh, Rat Pack. You know, this was an era where we're seeing a new trend where they would have music come out, you know, albums come out, songs they recorded, but then they were big stars in movies as well. And that was sometimes the uh, appeal to get like, oh, you've heard him, you know, in your home, you know, on the radio, and now you could go see him on the big screen and see him singing those songs in these movies. And the thing... Frank Sinatra, especially, I think, was someone that, you know, I think Bing Crosby definitely was of gen- his generation. People really loved him, but Frank Sinatra was the guy. So, you know, you're seeing these ads for movies where it's like, oh, he's going to go act in this movie now. I think that was a big draw for people to, if they couldn't ever go out to see him in a Vegas show or he toured, that was a way to go see these big stars was to go see films and, and maybe at that point they might not even know what they look like unless they saw like an album cover or like a record uh, record cover because think about you you hit the nail on the head chris if they had you know if you had the money to go out to vegas i mean that was probably still like you had that was a luxury where it's a lot more affordable nowadays to maybe do a weekend but for you to go fly or anything unless you saw them live your only exposure to them experience was through radio. Uh, you know, it also, uh, when you mentioned like maybe Oscar worthy performances, my, my mind instantly goes to like, obviously something more recent. I think of like Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, you know, but I have to remember, didn't Sinatra win Best Supporting Actor for From Here to Eternity in like 1953? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. So like, I, I have to think, no, it, it, it didn't start with Lady Gaga. It started, you know, 70 years ago, back back when Sinatra was in... Uh, in the in that in that movie, and I think it won best uh, best picture Oscar as well. So that's I, mean, I don't know if that was his first movie or not, but that's certainly the first big example of somebody winning an Oscar, right? I would imagine so, yeah. Because I don't know if Bing ever won one. This is the beauty of we can look up and uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, I think you know it's incredible too that I mean, look at the Rat Pack themselves, and they had quite a few movies that you know you had the original Ocean's Eleven, and where Dean Martin. Peter Lawford, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., that they were all kind of collaborating there. And it was kind of funny that I think a big part of these actor uh, musicians turned actors in the early days, it was a great kind of vehicle to expose them to different audiences that maybe didn't like their music, but maybe like, hey, you know what, you're going to be appealed to um, a different audience to get them in the cinema or vice versa, get people that maybe didn't like, didn't listen to your music. Now they want to like, Oh, I liked his acting. Maybe I'll go to the music. And then there was also a thing where talking about Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby, think about like the movies they did. It was also a great way to showcase their music where they would create songs um, for the film or, you know, 
it was based off of their album. Yeah, like White Christmas. Yeah. Musical movies. Yeah. White Christmas, yeah, White exactly. Christmas yeah. And, yeah, musical movies were obviously a big trend in the 40s and 50s. And that was something that they could actually, you know, nowadays we kind of look at, we're kind of getting back to the trend of actually hiring people that can sing. But sometimes you have to get the big name to sell tickets, but they can't necessarily sing. So now we have auto-tune and all that. This was the day and age where the stars are, you know, Judy Garland, you got to imagine she had albums come out and she's this big star in these movies. So yeah, that was the thing. And moving into something, I think when you're talking about people that maybe didn't get into all the music at first, but then, oh, maybe if I go see him in films, I'll see a side of him makes me want to listen to his music. Think of Elvis Presley. Elvis, you know, king of rock and roll here, he had all his music come out. And then of course the studios were like, we got to get him in films not realistically the best actor in the world, but I mean, he's one of that era where he would sell tickets. In, in what year did uh, uh, Love Me Tender come out? Let's see, Love, is... Love Me Tender came out in 56. That was so his that film was day. three years after Sinatra won the best supporting actor for uh, uh, From Here, from to, here Eternity. to Eternity, yeah. He's in his first movie trying to, uh, trying to do the same thing. Obviously it's probably not the same you know, level of, profoundness that from here to eternity this world war ii epic versus i love me tender <laughs> but uh yeah like three years later elvis is in 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 movies right that was his very first yeah movie. and he did a bunch well it, it, and you were saying you know wasn't really the best actor but it was i think it was he ended up doing 30 plus films yeah at least yeah and i mean the and they were really, again, talk about vehicles. And you talk about Bing Crosby, kind of the original crossover star. He was, you know, well, I'm the king of them. Uh, I mean, and because Jailhouse Rock, Blue Hawaii, and Viva Las Vegas, all, you know, based on his music. So I think that was, I think, probably one of the hugest stars at the time. And, and I probably to this point, I would think, had been in that many films. Um, because if you look at a lot of artists now, I don't think they're ones that showcase in that many films, but I think they really like, it was one of those things maybe a less would have been more because they were really like, come on, Elvis, we got to get you in everything. Come on, let's, let's, and so, so they were, again, we talked about this earlier, it was more for qual uh, quantity, not quality. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they're diminishing returns after uh, Blue Hawaii and then <laughs> Viva Las Vegas, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's also like they, the budget of movies then wasn't as high so they can make kind of lower budget movies you know probably similar plots often and just you know get the same star we've booked him for a you know a 10 film deal here and then you know move on so at the time i think he just was continuing to be such in the limelight that he probably continued to be like well you know what these films are making some kind of money and i you know i'm making my end so you know might as well because i don't think anyone else was really doing it to that level at the time and yeah, I would say we, we don't really even see that nowadays with stars. I mean, there's definitely some that have continued to act, but not to the point where they're shelving out movies that quickly uh, in that span of time. Because we are really seeing still, at least most, still have a focus on music, uh, working on an album or something that, you know, but some have really turned to just, they don't really perform anymore. They just do uh, TV and film, which is interesting. Um I'm also thinking of the era of like, you know, going past that into the era of like 60s and 70s where you are having bands make these movies that are kind of like visual feast for their albums or, 
especially rock and roll, especially like, you know, think of like the Beatles, uh, you know, like that British rock invasion. We're having these weird movies where like some are humorous, some are just like ridiculous. Yeah, my I I had this college professor show me uh the is it the monkeys movie head? Yeah. <laughs> I would that was just a jaw-dropping like unreal I was sober as a priest watching head like what is going on like I, it seemed like Sergeant Peppers and and you know all that kind of stuff and I get it you know it was it's sort of half cartoon and it was it sort of at least made some sense head head made no sense to anyone you had to be on <laughs> way too many drugs and that was the key it was like I get it it's something to drop acid to it's something to enjoy yeah, it's yeah. it's something to just have the full artistic moment happen but a lot of bands were and this is you know we're starting to get the first kind of take at uh really what is music videos you know like that wasn't a thing you know at the time and i'm thinking bands like pink floyd and led zeppelin doing these weird kind of artsy things and leonard skinnerd and like getting to the weird places where you're like i don't know what they're doing exactly but they were kind of they were kind of ahead of their time like we watched eight days a week uh last year you know for a, a beetle for our beatles week and um and that whole movie was just like a silly plot of the Beatles, like on tour. There was no real plot, but you're thinking this is a time and age where we're having bands now put out movies. And I think you meant a hard day's night, right? Hard day's night. What did I yeah. say? Eight, <laughs> yeah, days, so a eight night. days a week. Eight well, days a week. you know, basically the same thing. <laughs> it felt like um, it was eight days a week. <laughs> and think of like, uh, like the Who. You know, the Who's coming out with Tommy and having this concept album, which is like that's really cool. Then they make a movie out of it. Now there's a musical of it. I mean, I've been in the musical of Tommy, uh, which is a very interesting show to do. But like thinking of that, like they got to do a whole film with, you know, Roger Dolce starring in it and having this this very weird story about this kid who's deaf, dumb and blind playing pinball and all the weird crap that happens to him. That almost seems like it wasn't something that would be possible 20 years before that they would, you know, have a concept album come into a movie. So this is the era I think we're having a lot of experimentation uh, from bands, not so much solo singers although there are some i think that do uh pop into the limelight where it's like for example michael jackson you know we're getting to michael jackson starting up with the jackson five yeah they're doing tv specials and stuff but then you know he pops into things like the whiz um you know he's not really someone that's acting all the time but you get like thriller we're getting this music video where it's a full-on 10 minute video you know not just here's the song so i think that's kind of interesting thing too is we're getting more creative our visualizing uh, videos, artists, and what they're choosing to do, you know, in terms of in front of the screen. Yeah, I'm thinking of the of the country music resurgence, and it will step forward because you just mentioned uh, Michael Jackson of the '70s. Go forward to the '80s real quick to the country music resurgence. You know, the um, uh, well, I can't think of the name of it, but uh, um, Urban Cowboy and things like that, right? And and then go back to the '70s again, and you had like Bob Dylan in that uh, in that western down in Mexico. Uh, yeah, had it just seemed like the stepping away from like the idea of just bands. It seemed like uh, Chris Christopherson was in a star. Yeah. Yeah, Chris you know? yeah. and that's what so, I was going to lead into that. Yeah, we get, and then him and him and Barbara Streisand when they collaborated that, and I think that kind of make you bring that up. It's funny. Then I realized how many I always knew them as actors, but I didn't realize that they started in music. Like Chris Christopherson, he's been in so many films up until he retired, and it's and they like you know, one of our favorite collaborations, him, him in the Blade trilogy. To think like from there when he was 
when he back his credits go back to like me and Bobby McGee. Man, my dad, I was raised on Chris Christopherson. My dad loved his music. So like he's one of my dad's top three favorite musicians of all time. So like I, I, I just knew him from listening to my dad's records and then learning later on in life that he was an actor. So I had the complete opposite uh, um, way of coming about Chris Christopherson is that I just knew him as like one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And he collaborated with, um, the, it was the Highwaymen, right? Waylon Jennings, right. Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash. I mean, what a, what a powerhouse. Yeah. Quartet of, of, yeah. of, oh my, yeah. My God, he's been doing it for 60 years. He's been doing it for more than 60 years at, at, at such an incredible level and with the greatest of all time. So like, it, it's nuts. It's something about, something about country music singers. I feel like if you sing that, you're going to last a lot longer. Other, other, <laughs> other genres. Molly Parton, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, Molly Parton, who has really become, you know, full-time actress and writing music for movies you know like i think of the great of course nine to five you know like her very first and it's and it's her and most it's famous right? her most to this famous day, she writes a song every single day her feet don't touch the ground without having written a song for the day to wow. this day every day wow so that's, that's that's an incredible thing you know and she's she's more known as being an actor now than than you know a, a album releasing musician right well you bring up a really good interesting thing that maybe looking at and we're going to see, you know, as we're talking, there's some artists, you know, maybe not so much, but I feel like when you start in your roots of music and maybe you can kind of test it, sometimes I feel like musicians and artists are sometimes the hardest working people in entertainment because there's a, there's a lot of different things and a lot of knowledge you have to have. And so you're talking about Dolly Parton right there. There's that work ethic where then they take acting to the next level. It's like, this is not just oh, I can just wing it. They're, they're taking it to the next level. And the same thing, like, you know, we talked about Justin Ruppel. I mean, he's so multifaceted, the things that he does. Um, and, like, you know, him working with you to create fun, like, comedic songs, but also his stand. Like, so I think there's that interesting thing where I think if you start in music, there is that, that drive to just better yourself. I wonder if it's even more than, I'm not saying all actors don't, like, push themselves, but I feel like you come from a different work ethic and different drive when you go into behind the, behind uh, in front of the camera maybe yeah the the prerequisite is like some some level of pedagogy right to be a musician whether it's a guitar player maybe singers might be a bit of an exception but if you play guitar or you write songs or i'm a tuba player for god's sakes and i think maybe <laughs> it requires a certain level of sacrifice i don't want to say 10,000 hours but some level of sacrifice to be in any way good at it so maybe maybe some maybe some actors those who just want to be famous for being actors i guess for for lack of a better word but maybe maybe they don't have that prerequisite maybe they haven't they haven't you know felt what it's like to sacrifice and work that hard to be there as opposed to legit actors legit actors who, who actually did go to you know who worked for so hard and sacrificed so much to be actors you know I think also when you're a musician, and this is anyone that can, you know, whether it's an instrument or a singer, what, you know, what say you, you do pick up a sense of rhythm. You have to have a sense of timing and rhythm. And that is a big part of acting as well is, you know, you have a screenplay with written lines, doesn't tell you how to do it. Timing doesn't tell you exactly when to say that, how to say that line. You know, a lot of that is through the actor's choice, through director, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think maybe there is a sense of they know how to, you know, stick to a kind of natural timing rhythm when it comes to scene work, then also maybe there is that uh, I know when there's a deadline, you know, because you, you know, I think a lot of these artists, although once they come more famous, they probably are with, you know, their producing team is like, you can take your time. There's always going to be that studio like, we need this album out by October of this year because it has to hit this because of this, this, and this. So maybe there is a little bit more of that. Whereas, yes, we do see a lot of trend now of actors who just kind of 
rise up because of one famous thing and maybe they aren't as dedicated to the craft as some of them but you know you, you bring it up like dolly parna i'm also thinking of this era we have you know he said barbara streisand and bet midler we're having these people that are becoming a big part of not only you know singers but then also influencing movies and broadway as well and having this kind of trend where they're becoming a stars in that way and also we're seeing again a kind of resurgence of musical movies i think musical movies have never really gone away but you know we're getting back to like greece and you know we have a uh, funny girl you know was a big one for robert streisand and you know bet miller you know has done all these big songs and has That's become beaches yeah beaches you know was this huge hit you know, it still gross, uh, you know? still makes half the women in my family cry when they hear when when beneath my wings it's <laughs> like it'll like if you want to get the crowd <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, can't, you can't and another one too i'm thinking of this era uh you know we've been talking about this great women but one that for someone who was really uh artistically interesting with his uh costume choices his makeup obviously his music was very out there david bowie oh yes david bowie is probably one of the first ones for me that i can remember who if you look at his acting career because uh, he would go on to continue acting for quite a while until he passed. You, you you always think of, of course, first there's Labyrinth. You know, I'm thinking, oh yeah, Labyrinth. But to think of some of the movies he did, some that I didn't even know he was a part of until I saw like videos of him later in life. Like I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, like one I want to, I've never seen is that one with uh, Willem Dafoe, the the last days of uh, Jesus Christ. Someone that... Um, Martin Scorsese directed him. Oh, in. yeah, yeah. David Bowie is, I think, pilot in that. Oh, um, I didn't Pontius know that. Pilot, I think, yeah. And that's like one I like. I remember hearing about it because I've, you know, Not seen the, the Last clips. Temptation of Christ. The it? Last Temptation of that's, Christ. That's, yeah, that's, that's it, the, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, he's he's Pontius Pilot, I believe, in that film. Wow, I, I didn't know that. You know, and then like, obviously, Labyrinth was a big one that I think all of us from our generation, we like just always cling to. But, you know, what, like, I think of him later in life doing, like, Prestige and him just having this presence as Tesla. I mean, like, he was this larger-than-life artist, but he really did have a solid acting career. And he had a presence. If you watch Labyrinth, you know, you kind of, if, if it's your first time ever watching Labyrinth, you're going to kind of go, like, this guy's nuts. Like, you know, it was, like, just him and his balls all the time, you know, and his, <laughs> and like, but he legit was very good as I think, as think that's the thing too, is you see some musicians who are, you know, we want them in a movie because they're a big star, you know, people listen to the music. They may not always start as a solid, like, Oh, that's groundbreaking acting. But over time you see that they really do perfect the craft and like to some really amazing performances. And I don't mean to uh, diminish uh, David Bowie at all, but for whatever reason, my mind instantly goes to the Flight of the Concords episode, you know? <laughs> and when I think, uh, and it, my mind just went to Flight of the Concords, and I, I, I now realize that both of those guys have gone on to direct and act and all kinds of things since the HBO special, which I'm sure started with them on stage doing musical comedy. So it started with just uh, straight up music, musical comedy, which became their television show, which became, I'm pretty sure they both have independently crazy successful acting in behind the camera careers to this day well, especially yeah especially Jermaine Jermaine Clement yeah who's been doing a lot of voiceover work and and even David Bowie even into later years I mean he was doing voice work for so many things and including like Spongebob and whatnot so I think that's that's even something like there is so many collaborations I that's so glad you brought up Flight of the Concords because I was like 
I didn't realize how much, like, like you said, Jermaine Clement has done until I go back, like, wait, that voice sounds familiar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how many like credits does he have to his name? It's like, wow. He's done. Yeah. Quite a lot. Um, another one of, of like the, you know, kind of David Bowie era until, you know, and she's been still doing stuff here and there. You have like Cher, who is this, you know, icon who won Oscar, you know, like, I think that's one thing too, is like, it wasn't like it took her years to win an Oscar. She won an Oscar very early on in her acting career. So like, you see like people caught on to, oh, she's got talent. I mean, obviously she did all those variety shows for years, but she has done a lot of great movies. Um, now it's more, oh, it's Cher in a movie. It's Cher being Cher. It's not really her acting Moonstruck. anymore. It's not Moonstruck. Yeah, it's, it's not Moonstruck. Snap out of it. Snap out of it. You know, I think uh, when I think of uh, uh, the Sonny and Cher show, obviously, if, you, if, if your listeners haven't seen um, Walk Hard, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dewey Cox. Dewey you Cox. have to see it because it's it's kind of a perfect a parody of what we're talking about here today, right? Uh, but the Sunny and Cher show obviously brought us like the Johnny Cash show and things like that. Like there, these musicians' desperate attempts to have uh, television variety shows. So I suppose it shouldn't go without being mentioned that like there were some really terrible failed attempts at, at at musicians trying to become actors in their own way, and and some did it well. Sunny and Cher, but. Uh, Johnny Cash show. Uh, I'm going to do a scene. <laughs> I just imagine that deep voice uh, coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And which is that, what's interesting is like ones that do stick with it, some that don't. Like one I'm seeing here that, I mean, we watched this actually, I guess now it would be two years ago um, for the first time in its entirety, watching the original version of Dune by David Lynch. They had the choice of that casting sting as one of the main villains um and you know with the new iteration of dune we haven't had that character pop up yet so we know that in part two we're going to get uh whoever's going to play that for that film but just you know watching that film you're like these are all actors and then you have sting and i don't i, I would imagine that probably was like his first film role and like he does fit the role well but it's almost out of nowhere like nowadays we look at it as like oh yeah that's sting you know from that one band it's like why of all the choices that they had of all these actors that Dave Lynch was like, I think that pop star would be, you know, that rock star. You've got a wall full of headshots and, and credits behind each one. And you're like, sting. That's and I wonder if, if it, if I wonder if it becomes a studio thing where they're now like, we really do want that added element into the film to sell tickets because people love the police. They love sting. So like now there's going to be an audience to come just to see him because he's in this film. And like hilariously, like I don't know if you guys have ever seen the uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yes. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Sting is in that, right? And he has an almost uncredited role in it. And I think someone like Terry Gilliam would have like stuck it to the studios by being like, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing and totally not bring it up at all. Bury him somewhere in the. Now movie. there's a, there's a movie that's uh very weird. I'm telling you right now, folks. Uh, I, I had a Terry Gilliam trend for a while because I was enjoying his films. But he's got a very weird sense of uh, humor and very artistic mind. That's a weird one out there, but check it out. Uh, Eric Idle is great in it, though. Um, but, you know, going past, you know, we talk about sharing stuff. You do have, I think, two powerhouses that were also like huge stars that became pretty big in film. You have Whitney Houston and Madonna. Uh, like, and Madonna's one, like, I think of Madonna. Although, yeah, I know her music well. And like, you know, she, I don't think she really writes as much nowadays. You know, she hasn't really been 
in the limelight as much as she used to be there was an era where she was just like getting all these movies and like really hitting it off league of their own avita that was a big one and you know a lot of people have been like oh we're gonna get a new avita with maybe lady gaga or something still hasn't been uh happening but madonna was hitting it off and then you, you got the bodyguard winnie houston and again where they get to sing a song in the movie you know they get to like one of their songs and i think that was a a continued trend with that right there well it's it's also very interesting with whitney houston i mean first you talk about powerhouses i mean 100 percent. and what's also very interesting is that movie although you know mixed reviews in terms of plot but because of that song it was i think as overtaken as one of the highest sell- selling soundtracks of all time and that's just because of that one song and i think that's kind of that's just funny like there where the film may may not last you know it's it's the the appeal and i think Winnie houston because of what she brought um that energy i think it's just so funny that you you can't get that movie without thinking i will always love you and it's just it's just synonymous with that film or synonymous with Winnie houston but 100%. yeah percent yeah talking about madonna she won for evita didn't she and she actually started acting even before like her first album was released like in 1979 was her first film that she started and then her first album was Madonna's first movie was 1979. Yes. With a gun to my head, I'd have told you it was a league of their own uh, or a Vita, maybe a little after that, depending on what came first, but there's no way I would have ever come up with. She started acting in 79. It was Why? about seven. It was about seven films before league of her own. She was in wicked. Nope. I was born in 85. So I was at least like aware of those, uh, of that era, but Nope had no idea. Yeah. Crazy. Are they are they counting music videos and like things like the sex or whatever she did in in 1990? Are they counting those kinds of? Well, things? I remember she, I remember Dick Tracy. I remember him being in Dick Tracy, but I haven't seen any other ones pre that that I can. Uh... Dick Tracy, totally forgot. There was a lot more like uh, comedy. Uh, I think one of the big ones like there was like Desperately Seeking Susan, Shanghai Surprise. Um, so there, yeah. And I, then after League of Her Own, it was like boom, boom, boom. It was like a movie every year that she was in. Um, like right one after another. So, um, and even later, which is funny on the credits, not there, but she was, she had a brief little cameo in uh, uh, the last James Bond with Pierce Brosnan. It was Die Another Day. I believe she. Yeah, like, I remember like, that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. It was like, almost like, oh, Madonna's still in films. That, that's what I remember seeing. Like, hey, is that Madonna? That was. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. She won the Golden Globe for Best Actress. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, musical or comedy for Evita. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Madonna. Yeah, she hasn't really done much uh, in, the, in the last, you know, several years. But no, I don't think she's much needed to, right? Didn't she kind of make her? And that, I mean, that's, that is the thing, too. I think once you kind of hit, you've done enough. You know, now I think she does more charity work and all that kind of stuff. She, I think she's, you know, kind of sticking to just being a mom and doing yeah. her thing. And letting Lady Gaga be the new iteration of her gimmick. Which that is, yeah, I mean lady gaga i mean we're gonna kind of skip ahead a little bit but she's this you know pop star that has taken the world by storm now with acting and uh you know she hit it off really well when she did um uh, american horror story and then she won the golden globe for best actress in that and that was like oh people took notice and then stars born really like people were like oh wow like and think of that movie. That's a movie that's, I think that's the fourth iteration now of A Star is Born. Yeah. Not, not counting the What Price Hollywood from the 20s or whatever, which it was originally, right? So, yeah. It's like, they've so the, we've seen the story done multiple times with different generations. That's kind of interesting, too, that that story has continued to 
uh, be retold, find a new audience. I mean, I never seen the original ones, so I was pretty shocked when I went and saw it. I thought it was a uh, very enjoyable. Obviously, that song "Shallow" is a huge hit that people still play all the time. But you know, we just had her in House of Gucci, and now it is this thing where we're we're seeing like she's getting big roles in these big movies, and I'm sure she's going to continue. Now, I mean, there was a rumor that I heard that actually I I would totally buy, and I would actually really like to see her take that if they were to do a a, a Joker two. And a lot of it would be him in Arkham, uh, you know, because he's been arrested in the first movie. If she was Harley Quinn, as in the doctor before it becomes, you know, Harley that we know, and we see how he manipulates her over time and she slowly starts going crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a rumor. Don't know if she's actually been cast in that role, but that would be fun. But I'm I'm I do enjoy her acting and I'm curious to see where. Her career will take her. I mean, clearly she's still making music and people still love her as this pop star, but now she has this whole other side to her career that, uh, and I wonder even if she will start to write and direct, uh, you know, for film as well. That's definitely a possibility because she is, she, you know, Madonna, I think, was such a huge trendsetter at the time of this pop star that had this film career. And it, it is like Lady Gaga is the new Madonna. She has, you know, these very, uh, interesting costumes and looks and all this, you know, I mean, God, we all remember the, we all remember the meat dress, don't we? We all remember the meat dress. <laughs> we cannot forget. We'll never forget the meat dress. Hey, potential podcast listeners. Let's talk about today's sponsor. Let's get checked. Let's get checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. We'll be right back to your regularly scheduled program, Godfather. Bloopers and outtakes from the set of the Italian-American family film, The Godfather. And now, something we're very excited about here, and we hope you are too. I'm pleased as punch about these never-before-seen lost footage of Hollywood's most famous and undoubtedly recognizable figures of Hollywood tapping into another side of themselves and talent you couldn't possibly expect. We present to you, Celebrities Can Sing. Wow. Just wow. Loving every minute of this. Now, please, we need to see more from you. You've done the tough guy thing of the 80s. Now show me what else you got. Hey. You know I've got more than just acting and directing chops. I'm actually an accomplished singer. Here, we can do this. Don't want to close my eyes. 
I don't wanna fall asleep cause I miss you babe And I don't wanna miss a thing Cause even when I dream of you The sweetest dream will never do I'd still miss you babe And I don't wanna miss a thing Yeah, pretty good right? Sly, wow, I had no idea Genius, this is gonna be something else Alright Arnie, what do you got? Oh, this is great. You know, uh, nobody knows this, but I'm a, a huge fan of styles of different genres of music. But um, I'm a huge fan of the Canadian icon, Celine Dion, you know. Um, I see you. I feel you. That is how I know you. Go on. My heart will go on and on. You know, it's still a work in progress, but I feel very connected to this Celine Dion or Dion, whatever you want to call her. Just listen to me now. Do it. Oh, my. Who knew? Well, now I do. All righty. Uh, who's up next on the docket? Hey there. Nicholas Cage. You probably know me from my previous work, Fast Times at Richmond High, Ghost Rider, Wicker Man, Bangkok Dangerous. But I'd really love to showcase my vocal range. Yes, Feels like I've got a real knack for this musical articulation. Well, here we go. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fellow once said, Ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the sailor said, quote, Ain't that a hole in a boat? Oh, you don't want a hole in a boat, because guess what? It's gonna sink, and that could be a problem. Can this guy sing or what? What, what, what are you, a quintuple threat? Oof, man, alrighty, here we have... Yes, that would be me, Sean Connery here. They would let me do whatever I wanted as James Bond. Drink, womanize, and fight evil, but they kept cutting my musical numbers. Not this time. Hit it. It's time to trust my instincts. Close my eyes and leap. It's time to try defying gravity. I think I'll try defying gravity. And you can't pull me down. Ah, yes. Love that song. So much hope. So much grandeur. Well, I, I was certainly shaken and stirred by that performance. <laughs> Chills. Chills, I tell you. This is going to be the biggest thing since indoor plumbing. Ooh, we've uh, we've got something here. Let's see. Next up, we have uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, that's uh, Mr. McConaughey to you. All right, all right, all right. Well, I'm here more than just an actor, a man, a, a being of flesh and blood. And I'm here as a beacon of hope and joy when I'm... Not running for Texas governor, of course. <laughs> but you want to hear some silky smooth sounds? So feast your eyes and ears and soul on this. Lord Almighty, I feel my temperature rising. There must be lies burning brighter somewhere. Got to be birds flying higher in the sky. All right, all right, all right. Cut. That's a wrap. You can enjoy all this and more. If you act now.
countless hours on a 16 DVD and Blu-ray set. $85.55. Shipping and handling included. Bring this musical joy to your household or on the go, and you can get a digital download with purchase now. And now, back to your regularly scheduled program. I love to go back on a couple of performers around this time as well, where there's also this interesting trend where you have maybe they started in music. And if you if you think of that name, maybe you know one, maybe two songs, but I don't think they had a successful career in where they you know started to where they are in film. Uh, two people I can think about right now. One, Queen Latifah. Think about like her career. She started as a rapper, but I cannot name one Queen Latifah song that she had done. I, I can't. But I know so many comedy roles, and now she's been doing like action roles. Like there was The Equalizer, where they've got a spinoff, the Denzel Washington film, and she's been doing that series where she's kicking some series butt. I'm like, all right, Queen, go for it. Um, so I was like, okay. And, and another another performer who technically just started music, started to rap as well as Marky Mark, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. And you think about... Where he started, like, that wasn't his, like, you know, I think of Good Vibrations when he, you know, that song. And now, like, his action career that he has, has spanned, he has been a bankable action star for for years now. Like, you think of, I need an action film where I need someone running out of breath and can kick some butts, Mark Wahlberg. And I know Justin does a really good impression of him. <laughs> but I'm not going to give it any kind of justice, but yeah, 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 absolutely does. And I got to say, like, uh, um, I, I don't know if Wahlberg is close enough tie but also like what ludicrous is holding down some crazy eight figure sum for all of his fast movies at this point right so oh, ludicrous yeah. started doing rap and now he's in one of the top like three movie franchises in the history of film we gotta think ludicrous ice cube ice t red i mean even eminem i mean he hasn't done like a ton of acting but you know eight mile has lived on as this kind of cult following uh film snoop Snoop Dogg has been like we have a lot of rappers who have uh become a big part of Rihanna. Culture, Holy uh, shit, Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna's now been doing a lot of acting. Uh Beyonce, uh, you know, huge pop star that you know, I remember I think her first film that I remember definitely was Gold Member, uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and even thinking of her with a lot of her new music, now we're really seeing these really uh it, it, not technically acting, but these iconic long music videos uh for the whole album i think that's something too that's like inspired that we're seeing again a more creative take on how we're showing the medium of uh our, our music and acting but yeah all these guys all these rappers who a lot have have gone to more of the uh comedic route definitely but to think of like you know some have like made this like huge career of like law and order like something you would never think about right. as like oh yeah they're the detective on Law and Order. On Special Victims Unit. Eight you know? seasons. <laughs> now you're like, you know, it's like, Good where's you, the guy at? You know, it's like, yeah. Ice-T, you know what? You get yourself. Get yourself another glass. Why don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of incredible to think who we see nowadays really continuing to pop up uh, on the screen. Even, even if it's like just for, again, a funny kind of, like even like Cardi B has not like gone like full on acting roles, but she's been popping up in like funny little cameo roles and comedy roles here and there, uh, which is kind of fun too. To and see. I hate to hate to fast forward too much because I know we'll eventually get there, but a name. That's right. We'd be... like to hop around here. It's yeah, fun. we're hopping around. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, do we take an over under on when Billie Eilish's first movie is going to be filmed? Well, you know what? I brought this up to my fiance the other day, uh, actually, well, I guess a couple months ago. 
because she's a big Billie Eilish fan and I am too. I've, I've gone to really enjoy her music and she's now really one of the new like like big hits because she is such an interesting style uh, of music with her and her brother and her music videos are like very dark, very artsy and she directs most of her own music videos. And I was like, she did that Vanity Fair uh, thing a couple of months ago where she's all in those like really glamorous outfits. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't think it's going to be too far down the line before she's put into a movie. Cause clearly she's got a great look. She could probably act. She's totally comfortable behind the camera. And- My fiance was like, I, just, I don't want her to kind of fall too quickly into that. If it's going to take away from her music, which I can get like, you know, I think that can be something you get swept up in, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's coming sometime this year, sometime next year. Because <laughs> you, know, you got to imagine these, these Hollywood producers have to be, you know, many probably know, of course, the studio heads for these, you know, uh, recording studios and have to be like, she's trending so big with especially a young audience. And I think that's a, a big thing too, why we always see musicians or rappers or singers in movies and TV shows and SNL. It's to get the kids who are listening to that music interested in going back to the movies going back to seeing these things because most of us who are like enjoy film are like yeah i'll go see it because of x y and z they may not have any care about anything in the movie but oh billy's in it i'll go see it because she's in yeah, it think about what that would do for movie theaters which are struggling obviously for the last two years if it was a if it was a theatrical release only not on streaming services but like a billy eilish movie that was that, that debuted only in introducing billy eilish in the billy yeah, eilish <laughs> Finding her eyelash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Going hip-hopping, we were were talking about um, a lot of these female artists that, you know, had, we talked about, I think, more so, we we got Lady Gaga and um, I would say Whitney Houston and even Madonna. They had a lot of these more roles that are very serious, very, you know, and and there's a flip side of one, and she's still popping up now, and I don't know what she's doing, but in her 50s, darn uh damn looking good uh we got jennifer lopez i mean starting uh i mean she has been probably one of the leading ladies of rom-coms if you will uh of kind of her, like so i mean we just had marry me that just came out and all that and she's still like coming out with with stuff and i mean but one of her you know her first leading role and it's still huge this day is of selena of a biopic and um uh why am i saying biopic it's biopic i always keep saying it wrong but it's my accent, folks. Uh, but I mean, that was biopic. like... Biopic. Yeah. Um, biopic. Billie Eilish in biopic. Um, <laughs> it's a sci-fi rom-com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, look at like that kind of career that she's had. And like she had such a variety of roles, too. Think about like Anaconda she was in and, and whatnot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember she was the teacher in Jack. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> wow. You guys are like bringing it back now. Yeah. <laughs> bringing it back. Yeah, good old Anaconda. Well, like another one of that, I think of that, you know, even like, you know, Anthony, uh, Mark Anthony, he's been doing a lot of acting as well. Um, uh, and then like one that I think to no surprise, because he was always, um, he was always a standout from the band. Uh, and he's really like, I think ever since we saw the social network, we were all like, oh, wow, he can act. Justin Timberlake JT. has, has, always entertained us highly on snl clearly i think him and you know obviously he's very close with jimmy fallon we've always seen a side of him that is oh he can do comedy he can you know act but he's really kind of taken more of a 
deep dive into dramatic work. Um, uh, we reviewed uh, last year, early in the year, uh, Palmer came out on Apple TV Plus, and I was like, the guy's, you know, he's he's proven to me more than I thought he could do just because he was this boy band, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse Club kind of guy who's really, I mean, he's very funny. He got better since Love Guru, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know, I still have never seen Love Guru, and from all I've heard, I don't want to see. You're, no, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna live. You're gonna save some time. I'll live. Uh, I'll live another day. Yeah, you'll get um, by. <laughs> well, well, one, one, one. I gotta bring this up because just this is part of my my childhood, and I still love following his career. Uh, I just I, I don't know something about him, and I, uh, Will Smith. I mean, we just had uh, King Richard uh, come out, and. He just seems like he's probably he's one of these hardest working people that's continuing like and he just got the SAG award uh, for his role as Richard and Williams. the Golden Globe. Yeah, he's and the Golden Globe. He's uh, right now the front runner for the Oscar for King Richard. But Will Smith, I always think about Will Smith as at least from how I knew him was I, I knew Fresh Prince. And then, you know, he started getting into movies and every now and then he would write raps for the movies. Like that's how I was. I, I didn't. I kind of knew some of his like just solo work and then you start to hear some of his albums, but he really was like a big pioneer of that where he would write fun songs that were kind of like theme songs for the movies. You know, clearly the Fresh Prince was a big song everyone loves, but like you look at like Men in Black, Wild Wild West, like he was writing wild, songs. Wild yeah, Wicked Wicked Wild 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 Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West. I mean, he well, has really though, I mean, I mean, he has shown his acting chops in so many movies. Like clearly he can be that fun guy who's in a rom-com like Hitch and stuff. But I mean, I'm thinking like you know, seven pounds. You got like um, pursuit of happiness, pursuit of Ali. happiness. Oh, Ali. Ali. Oh, I love him. And um, I am legend too. He's just, he's done so many genres to think about, you know, and I mean, not all of his movies have been hits, but he's that big a star that he continues to. And then you look at him getting to kind of like, I liked going back to the whole theme of musician turned actor, but then actor getting to influence their musicianship in a movie, him getting to do the genie and Aladdin, getting to like redo that whole song of friend like me more to his style, more of that hip hop rap. That was actually really cool. I thought that worked out very well. Cause I think we were all a little skeptical because we're such big fans of the late great Robin Williams that I was like, I don't know about this, but he made it his own and it really, it really did work. I think overall. Admittedly, I never saw it. I, I totally need to now. It's one that um, of of the Disney remakes. It's one of the better ones. There's still some choices in it. I don't agree. Me and Taylor have a whole thing about um, the guy who plays Jafar has the highest pitched voice in the world, so he's just not very menacing. I, I think yeah, we were we were worried about the wrong things. Like you know, we were worried <laughs> yeah. about Genie, but yeah, he just has this very like ah, bring me the lamp and a salad. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not intimidating. That's not my, not my Jafar. Could you put the dressing on the side, please? Yeah. yeah. It's just, <laughs> if it's not, I'll take it back. Yeah. <laughs> now, Cody, how, for your taste in music, what kind of genres do you, and, and it's like, what kind of genres do you appeal to you more? Uh, obviously comedy. Uh, but uh, the one name that I've been sort of holding on to in my, in my pocket until it hopefully never came up and I got to bring it up is my favorite musician turned actor is Weird Al Yankovic. Ah, great choice. You know, so like, yeah. uh, 
from 1980 through, you know, 1989, it was just music videos. And he directed, uh, 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 Jay Levy would direct some of his music videos. He got into directing more in the 90s. But uh, just just having an album-based career into a music video-based career into UHF. And then there was the Weird Al show in the mid-90s. And then he's, he directs so many other people's music videos from Beck Hanson. He directed Beck music videos, just in, in, in an incredible number of, of artists. And maybe even, am I thinking Rivers... Cuomo does does he direct some of Weezer's music videos as well? That I do I remember that maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it's just Rivers, but um, yeah, he's it, it, that's that's sort of my my number one musician turned actor. But that's where that's where my mind goes. My favorite genre of 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 that kind of thing would certainly be comedies. Would see would see Weird Al kind of thing like UHF. You know what I mean? Another thing, there was a an album that supported it. There was a song called UHF that was in the movie, so it kind of fits the fits the mold exactly how it worked for the last. 40 years before only in only in comedy and what's funny about weird al who i deeply love as an artist and love his songs there are some songs of his that that's the only version i know <laughs> <laughs> right like actually the other day uh my fiance had a, a tiktok playing and it was um that song uh i can't remember the original name of it but i was i was in the back going um they all know i'm so wide and nerdy and she's like this isn't the Weird Al version, and I was like, "Oh, that's the version oh, I." Yeah, "Riding <laughs> Dirty" by Riding Dirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that one at all. I just know, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I. Think, like, think Weird yeah. Al. We're getting we're getting this biopic coming up with um, Elijah Wood. Daniel Rad. No, oh, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, 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 my bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Daniel we Radcliffe. Confu- we always get, they always get confused, so it's okay. He's going to play Weird <laughs> Al, and you know, kind of being his life story, but. That is, that's an interesting one because you you think in a way he almost should have had more i mean he's popped up in kind of fun little things here and there but you think almost he would have more of a visual medium because we because it is you know his his bread and butter is his parody music but he has done a fair amount of these music videos for his brand so um yeah weird Al is a great one one of the best uh, music videos that he had done that i really loved was his um parody of american pie and doing uh star wars uh, which is still like it's being nerds of, of that is material. And actually talking about that uh, biopic, um, I heard, I th- believe that Evan Rachel Woods can be playing Madonna in there. Yeah, I did see some images. Yeah, like they dropped something like. It's perfect timing you brought that up, Cody, because there's been a lot of like talk about that coming up lately. And I'm like, that's long overdue for us to have a film about him, honestly. Yeah. And I'm surprised. I, I'm, I'm a little on the fence as to whether or not I'm super stoked about it or not. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see it. I'm going to support anything Al puts his. Uh, oh, God, sorry. Ah, anything Al puts his uh, seal on, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be cool. With it. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It already looks kind of funny to me. And unless. Uh, um. Daniel Ratcliffe is an incredible accordion player. The 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 visuals kind of lost on me because I'm an accordion player myself. So like seeing Al actually play the accordion while he's doing his thing is part of the genius. What's almost like I was I was listening to podcasts the other day. It was even like Weird Al is this tall, gangly guy, and you're casting this short, not yeah, so he's gangly guy, six like, foot, 165 or so, and I'm pretty sure Radcliffe isn't an inch above five eight. It's just like an interesting choice. And I did see the first kind of picture that was leaked. And I it, I agree from some of the tabloids. It was like, it looks like Dan Radcliffe's more in a Halloween costume than yes. actually looking like Weird Al. And I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, one of those wait and see what happens. But even that, to think of, we get these uh, movies of singers or actors play, playing these famous, you know, one that comes to mind that we had last year that was really good. And one, I think she's actually an actress who has, uh, had huge success as a uh, you know right out the gate 
was Jennifer Hudson. Absolutely. You know, from American Idol. You brought that up, yeah. She didn't win American Idol. She was like, I think, fifth or sixth of that season. But then she booked like Dream Girls, the movie, and she won the Oscar for playing Effie in that. And then she's just done all these big movies, has become a huge star. And, you know, just, you know, last year we got respect and she was fantastic in that. And I think that's a smart choice when we get to see a singer who can act put into a biopic of, you know, a famous singer from the past. So we actually hear them sing the songs, you know, I think that they're trained singers. And it, one that comes to mind that is, you know, still kind of fits this category, I guess, in a way is, you know, Rami Malek. He was a great Freddie Mercury, but he didn't sing like really anything in that movie. It was he had to sing a little bit, but it was mostly other singers. Who played um, uh, Elton John in Rocket Man? Taron Egerton actually sang. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, and that was the same with uh, Walk the Line with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. He Joaquin sang. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I get it. It's like I think sometimes you know we think of how iconic a voice is, and one like Freddie, it's it's one that you can't really duplicate. Although the, there's a guy that does it pretty spot on, which is I'm sure sure the guy they had for most of the backup singing in that. But I wonder if that's the thing where sometimes it's like, now we're seeing the trend of we're getting a lot of these uh, films based off a singer's career. And we do want authentic performances of like what happened in their life, but you do want the singing there. You know, that's a big part of it. So I instantly try to go back to what what may have been the first or what may have been the first biggest one. And I was like, well, Jamie Foxx in Ray. And then I have to go back to no, like coal miners daughter. Oh, I have to go like, like right like mid eighties or is that mid seventies or something? Which was Loretta Lynn's story. So that that's not even just like a, a drama about a singer. That's like literally the Loretta Lynn story, isn't it? So like man, like a biopic about a singer. Like maybe was that the first one? What may have been the first biopic about a uh, about a singer? Yeah, because we have a, a fair life. amount about actors, um, you know, and stuff. But sure, I wonder. That, if- yeah, yeah. I was born a coal miner's daughter. And then, of course, the song, I was born a coal miner's daughter from the movie, which so, again, fit in the mold of having a, a vehicle for your song, for the musician to have a... And then you got um, another one nowadays, I think, who is... He, he hasn't done a lot yet, but I think he's got huge promise, and he showed big promise by his work in Dunkirk. And then we got him in the smallest cameo on the planet um, in Eternals. But Harry Styles, who is you know this heartthrob nowadays he i think a lot of people do kind of put him in this box of he's kind of our our newest modern day david bowie um that sex symbol you know people really like his music and now he's getting into acting and i feel like he hasn't really done a lot yet but he's one that i'm like okay i i want to see what you can do uh you know with more work you know i think that's always a thing too is sometimes they only get an opportunity that is small like on uh, the complete opposite, one that I don't need to see act ever again, um, because he only really acts as himself, I guess. Um, Ed Sheeran, like <laughs> he's he's a great musician. I love his music. He was fine in yesterday because he was playing like an evil version of himself, or at least like a, but but like I remember like him in that one scene in Game of Thrones, and I was like, we didn't need Ed Sheeran in this. Like Ed Sheeran walked on set and he's like, here, put this on and then just, just ad lib. Stick yeah. to the music, pal. It's, it's music. like sting, right? It's yeah. like, yeah. what purpose was he in this? I don't know. Yeah. And that, that is a big, that is a big thing nowadays is like, we have so many, we have so many musicians and bands. I mean, okay. One that I wanted to bring up because he, he started as an actor 
he's been an actor and model, but he he's had this long career also as a singer um, in his, in the band 30 Seconds to Mars. But you look at Jared Leto, Jared Leto, you know, coming up, we got Morbius coming up. With Morbius coming up, I mean, I think he's continued to act in all these, big, you know, he was just in House of Gucci, he's been in all these big movies, but he's had a sustained career also as being the front man of this band and still loves the tour and still does all that stuff. So it's not one where he started as a singer and got into film, but he's one that who's, who's maintained both. And it actually took me a while because I think there was an era of, okay, I remember an American Psycho, but I don't remember really much about Jerry Leto in movies till maybe like Dallas Buyers Club. And then like he had started coming up in movies again. And I was like, oh yeah, Jared Leto. He was kind of more, I think on the music side, he would do a movie every now and then. Now he's kind of, I think flipped it. He's doing more acting work overall than his band. But I was always like, oh wait, that's the same guy from 30 Seconds to Mars. Like that, that totally didn't click for me for the longest time that he lived both those careers, you know, at the same time. That was, that's interesting to me. You know, I, I, I knew that he was from the band, but I had no idea that they were still like a band touring and doing things. If you told me they last toured in like 10 years ago, I'd believe you. Yeah, they they have a new album they're working on now, I guess. Or working on a new song or something. So I don't know, it's crazy. But that's just crazy to me that, you know, I think we we all so often think about actors and being like, okay, they they get a script from somebody, they have a meeting, they get a role, they go to that project for a few months, come back, maybe do some, posts you know uh you know recuts and stuff and then move on to the next thing but meanwhile he's also trying to be with his band and make music and come up with the songs like that to me is kind of interesting that there's that mindset because he does seem a very method actor from what we all were told like in the suicide squad he was doing some weird crazy shit so i wonder what he also does to create music with his band or if he really has a lot of say about the the writing process you know yeah, it's got to be more than just locking yourself in the tour bus in between script readings and in between. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what, you know, looking nowadays, like, yeah, like you said, we had, you know, people like Rihanna, Harry Styles. We, we think, you know, Billy might start doing stuff. Lady Gaga. We're having, uh, you know, these, these current people that are really keeping that tradition alive of the musicians who still sing or continue to work in that medium, but are making a presence on the big screen. Where do you see a future for this as a genre? Do you think we're going to get full kind of visual albums as movies again? Do you think more artists will continue to do this? Or do you feel like there's going to be, you know, even we've had the occasional actors who uh, try to dabble into music doesn't always work. I mean, uh, one, I know that off the bat that I can think of that, obviously they're a fabulous duo that because Jack Black's so famous, like Tenacious D is like a, great like they're awesome musicians who have found a niche comedy rock market how could i have forgotten probably like my second favorite of music and that's the thing where jack black started as an actor and he's doing commercials and he you know but they found each other they have a love for music they're clearly that band has continued to thrive to this day in an almost like they always kind of joke about how like we're not really meant to be taken seriously but they really artistically have like really good songs like if they had that music and it was just different lyrics, it'd be a whole different case, but it's the funny lyrics that we thrive for, but like they're legit rock stars. And then Jack Black, of course does all. And even, you know, Kyle, Kyle, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Like I just, I remember watching elf again, you know, in the holiday season, you know, Kyle's in that with, um, with uh, Andy, Andy from yeah. Andy Richter. Yeah. yeah the right writers. 
And if you blink and you'll miss it, he's in so many of those Kyle uh, in those Jack Black movies. You know, Sarah Shallow Hal. You know, yeah, Shallow yeah, Hal. Right? He's in one of the coworkers. Are just like, you know, have a heart, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, where, where do you see the future for this for this particular you know topic uh, with future artists, or do you think that we're going to see a trend move one way or the other, or more uh, continuation of a kind of a mesh of musicians and actors? Oh man, I could feel that. Uh, like, I isn't it becoming more homogenous? Like, anyway, the um, the streaming services which you could watch on the same platform as you do the YouTube, as you can the the Pandora, as you can the so seeing the same face on an album cover on an HBO Max uh, movie on a YouTube, like it's all it, it all it, it's got to it's got to trend to be more homogenous, right? That like. Who cares whether or not you're a crooner like uh, Bing Crosby, and whether or not I want to go see your 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 movie because your crooning is so good? It, it's certainly going to be a, a, a homogenous popularity contest, right? I, I couldn't tell you if Billie Eilish could act. I couldn't tell you if she did theater in high school. But like I said, I, we, I think we can all guarantee in less than two years' time she's going to be Billie Eilish in In a World, One yeah. Woman Stands Alone. And it's, you know, Billy Ash is going to have a, an acting career. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I think you bring up a great thing that with streaming and with everything from TikTok and stuff, it, it's just kind of changing the game. But it's great to see that there is even just kind of um, with a lot of like streaming services that are doing these kind of, you know, these uh, videos for albums or concerts. Billy Eilish had one Apple TV. Also, Bruce Springsteen, who just released an album like two years ago, they had this whole kind of film but it was just them making and then making the album and they because they just held up the whole band um held up in this little place for a couple days and then just recorded the sessions and it was kind of really cool that um people are getting more back into enjoying the the process and seeing how like film uh how the music is made and everything like that but even like the beatles get back you know that three-part documentary people it, like yeah shedding light yeah. on shedding light on you know these legacies of bands and artists uh it'll be interesting to see if they continue to, to do that especially if uh i mean that i think that was a, a big winner for disney plus having that you know three-part series uh it's a lot but it's it's really cool to see that behind the scenes of the band just to kind of that let look but yeah you're right who knows the, f- the future is open wide for what's going to happen next but i also i think it depends on the music itself like you brought up crooning like you got people like Buble, and there's there's still like a there's still markets for different types of music. Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. Who also see there's so many Josh we haven't Groban. mentioned. Yeah, Josh, you know, so uh, and all, who also acted uh, as yeah, he's well. He's been yeah. in the office, so. and he's been a bunch of stuff as well. I think yeah, we're just also bombarded by there's so much content nowadays that we're not going to be surprised to see so many things thrown our way, whether it is a full film release or straight to streaming on some platform. Uh, while an album releases at the same time of that same artist. Uh, and then, yeah, it's put out to all the, you know, now it's on TikTok, it's on YouTube. It's, you know, it, the the list is uh, endless. So I think we're going to see a continued uh, trend. But again, as always, we are all down for it as long as it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right. know? And not just to do it, to, to do it. So, um, well, you know what, man, it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today, but we can't let you leave just yet. Oh, all right. We have guest questions for you. Don't worry, there's no math involved. No, we have guest questions. Taylor, why don't you start us off? Yeah, rapid fire round. So again, just yeah, a quick, what comes out the top of your head. Number one, Cody, what is your favorite movie? Dumb and Dumber. All right. Do you realize what you've done? Uh, what is a favorite TV series? Instantly came to mind was Cheers, but 
uh man house i loved house so much oh somewhere between cheers and house uh, number three what is your favorite video game or video game series oh man favorite video game bar none head and shoulders above all others legend of zelda link to the past um Ooh. Favorite- uh, no, no question. Uh, favorite video game series had to have been Mortal Kombat. Uh, I was a huge Mortal Kombat kid. Stands alone, number one video game of all time, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. I love it. I'm a big Zelda fan. Well, you've kind of alluded to this already, but uh, favorite style of music or artist? No doubt it's Weird Al Yankovic uh, with a bullet. <laughs> uh, number five, uh, where is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Oh man, I uh, Italy was gorgeous. I loved I loved Italy a lot. Uh, my very first trip out to Southern California was I fell in love with Southern California. And now I live here, so uh, on some level it was like, man, I, I really loved traveling to Southern California. And then now that I live here, I love it too. But uh, Italy was super cool. Uh, what has inspired you to get where you are today? Well, it, musically, where I am today, I, I like I said, I studied to be an orchestral tuba player, and I had a world class tuba player in my little town of Conroe, Texas, just north of Houston. Of all the places for like the principal tubist of the United States Air Force Band to have retired to. He lived just down the road from me and he inspired me to be great, uh, to be a great tuba player. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to play like him. I wanted to be as good as he was. And no doubt about it, Bob Daniel, the United States Air Force Band principal tuba player retired to my uh, little hometown. Love that. Next question. What is the best advice you'd ever received? Someone somewhere is practicing when you are not. Someone right now is practicing their tuba while you're sitting here watching Family Guy. Whenever you go on that date, whenever you go on that uh, on that group with your buddies to go bowling, someone's practicing their tuba right now. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Well, this is a fairly nerdy podcast. We like to talk a lot about movies, TV shows, video games. What is your nerd level on a scale of one to ten? One being you don't really know much about anything. Ten, you know all the characters in Star Wars, Batman, Lord of the Rings, etc uh seven and a half excellent that's a solid score number nine what is your guilty pleasure what's a guilty pleasure of yours professional wrestling oh who's your favorite wrestler andre the giant oh legend what a great one professional wrestling 1985 to 2000 not modern wrestling i can't watch it but yeah but the golden age and the attitude era of wrestling that's my guilty pleasure and andre the giant Head and shoulders. Didn't I read a story about, I think my dad's told me the story of like one day, like Andre the Giant would put away like a huge amount of beers like in a day. Like he so, could just uh, drink. In a sitting, there's a, there's a bar uh, where they uh, they would uh, tabulate the bills based on the number of bottle caps and buckets underneath. And whenever all the boys would come into a bar, they'd have them all measured out. And one place in College Station, Texas, uh, swears that it was 162 Although other people swear to God it was like 116 or 117. So uh, somewhere between the 115-ish to 160-ish in a night. So it gets a little sketchy, obviously, once you get to that number. Anybody want the Bud Lights? Inconceivable! Bud, Bud Light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted the beer. Um, well, speaking of that, we do like to do impressions on this show. So to finish off our guest questions, give us your best impression. Oh, my best impression. God, I even I work with or Justin. an impression. Yeah, I know Justin's king over there, but just give us an impression you like to do. Uh, I always do this to make him laugh. But here's here's my very best weird Al in UHF. You ready? Yeah. Hey, Cooney. <laughs> that was actually really good. That was great. Thanks, man. <laughs>
Well, thank you, Cody, for being on the podcast today talking about this topic. If people want to follow you on social media, where would they follow you? On Facebook, I'm uh, Tuba Cody. Tuba Cody, one word on Facebook. And also I have a YouTube channel, but you'd be like my 19th and 20th subscribers of you two subscribed right this minute. So don't have much of a YouTube presence. I would I would funnel all of my attention towards Justin Ruppel's social media accounts because that's where you're going to see me performing with him more often than not. So I think it's like at the Ruppel, as it were, on, on Instagrams and in the, in the TikToks. So push him towards Justin Ruppel. You'll, you'll probably see me there too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. Hope you had fun as much as we had, and uh, we appreciate you coming and uh, jamming with us about uh, these awesome, uh, you know, history of the musicians and turned artists. I totally did. Thank you for having me. I'd, I'd love to do it again anytime. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.